This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Bald Move Prestige, the officially unofficial podcast for all the most prestigious television uh, that exists. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're here to talk about The Bear, Season 2, Episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, this, these are all of a piece. I'm, I'm so glad we stopped where we did last time because it was a big harrowing episode, but these episodes are kind of all of a piece. They, they yeah. tell a story. They were kind of meant to be watched, I think, in a big chunk like this. Yeah. Uh, this was a good chunk. What do you think of this overall? Uh, chef, the bear has rocked my shit all day. <laughs> okay. Uh, multiple six tops sat way too close together. My heart. Mm, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I need hands. Um, I, I so I, I'm, I'm coming There's like five minutes ago. I finished the last episode the second time. Uh, I left mm. it enough time to do two watches. Cause I, I, I like, I I'm liking this show so much, even though we are doing the binge model, uh, with the weekend, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a little time. Uh, I want to get my first watch so I don't have to take notes. And I'm so glad I did. Um, but man, uh, I'm I'm still collecting my thoughts because the second time through it just hit just about as hard as the first. Um, I don't mm. know. I like I'm starting to think this. Sh- I should start putting this into the leftovers territory in terms of um, this is why I watch television to feel these things and to see these sights. And I have rarely laughed as hard. Um, and sobbed as piteously as I did in these last two hours of the bear. Um, it's just great. It's like a clinic on the ways that people can let each other down and, and fail each other and the ways that they can inspire and lead um, mm-hmm. all in one, you know, sweet and salty combo. Like there is it, it's the metaphors in this show go so fucking deep in terms of like the light and the dark and the sweet and the sour and how you got to balance one or the other. And you see these like, you know, spiraling highs and these terrible lows and, you know, the worst person, you know, can do something, you know, selfless and heroic. And I, I guess that's the other thing about the show is that, uh, it continues that theme of like, you know, this, these, these acts of service and this, these sacrifices mm-hmm. that we make for each other to, to have relationships and to love. And it's a show about a fucking kitchen, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, what the devastating thing sometimes is that those things, you know, those uh, dark and light, sweet and sour, they're the same thing. Uh, like, the thing that really strikes me about the Carmi stuff is he he embodies both of those things. He's trying to serve people and and love himself and other people through that, and yet he's hurting someone so deeply to do that. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's a, and it's sad in that, you know, that person can't seemingly have it all. Yeah. It and might generally you know, be true. I mean, there, there are sacrifices you have to make. It's just when those sacrifices are for some people, um, to, to, to 
you know, delight some people, they're going to break the hearts of others. Yeah, I, I, that is a thesis of the show, and I was kind of wrestling with that myself, especially in the second watch. And I'm like, gosh, because what is, what is the point of this? And I think that um, there's like, you know, just just so we talk about the duality. There's, there's two ways you can go about it, and you know, um, I actually don't think it's an invalid way to live if you want to go maniacal genius and just pursue something mm-hmm. to the exclusion of all else and be just single, one dimensional, a point. Um, that's fine. I wouldn't want to live that way, but I think that's a, it's okay way to live. And, and you're probably like, if, if you're going to live that way, probably keeping people at an arm's length is kind of a way to go. I just saw a Henry Rollins interview where he kind of talked about like, you know, at my stage of my life, I'm not even, even trying to get with people because why I'm, I'm already, <laughs> I'm obsessed with this one thing and I just want to do it all the time. And why should I bring anyone in and let them down when I can just do this thing that makes me happy, makes tons of other people happy. It makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the vast majority of us, we want to have like love and respect and, and, and support from other people. And I think they're trying to say that that's another way you can go. If that singular person, instead of becoming a point can somehow instill what they have into other people, and infect them with the passion that they have, then they have now, instead of just, you know, two pairs of hands, they have many all working to the same goal. And if someone stumbles, everything else, like that was the lesson of this last episode that like Carm felt like he had failed everything because <laughs> right. he literally put himself in a glass freezer or, a, 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 you know, a, a walk-in freezer of his soul and his emotion. And he did it to himself, right? Um, because he didn't follow up and he didn't follow up because he's at Claire's and because he doesn't have reception at Claire's like he's just he's just spiraling spiraling but the bear is going fine Mm -hmm. because of him also so he's not failing but he assumes because he went in so it's like ah it's that's what I think the show does so well it just is is great about like making you think like, well, which is it is, do you know, do you want to be like uh, Bob Knight or do you want to be like coach K, you know, do you want to be the guys are throwing chairs and beating up your players is coach K throw chairs, and beat up players. I don't think he does. I don't know who coach uh, K is. So he's, a I didn't he's even a know if he was real or made up for the show. So <laughs> couldn't tell you. I think he's the Duke's men's basketball coach for a long time, but I barely oh, care about okay. college basketball either. So, but, but yeah, I just, and, and man, they just the, the way they weave it together. I, I I keep saying the leftovers because that's the only show I can think of that has these multi-stage bombs that they build. Where it's like it just you mm-hmm. know they have Carmen the freezer, and then they have the Claire situation, and then they have um, you know they lift you up with um, uh, Sid. You know his conversation with her father, and you know her. You know she's vomiting, but she's also happy because she's doing it. And then they hit you with like uh, that that explosive that just just you just felt bad watching Richie and Carm go at each other but with that door between them. And then then they hit mm-hmm. you with the Marcus text messages. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> how can the show do that to us, man? Like that, it delights oh, in it. The show loves to do that. It's it's bread and butter. Yeah, it loves to show people like how they they could be flawed, but also still worthy of like love. I think, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it's and the thing here is, I'm rooting for these people, right? I I want to see yeah. Richie get his shit together and find his purpose and become 
a functional part of this kitchen and every time he gets close to it and then falls from grace i'm just like god damn again man yeah when he came in wearing the suit saying i get it at the end of that episode i was like pumping my fist because the beginning of the episode i'm like oh god this could go dark places you know when tiff calls and says i'm marrying what's his name i'm like oh boy yeah but but instead of like do internalizing that into some kind of self-destructive behavior he kind of threw himself into the task at hand and i don't know it just it's it's a really great i think reflection on how your choices like you know like life is about making choices and you're going to make some bad ones you're going to have some bad ones forced on you but when you do have the choice between how you're going to act if you can put yourself in a stronger position that's what you got to do uh and -hmm. like richie like that's like you know because richie could have said like fuck this this is bullshit why even try i'm going home but he didn't and it's like you know like i even though I mean, like, it's wild that Richie looked like the adult in that last confrontation because, like, the last bit bit of it, he was trying to, like, you know, I, you know, when when Karma's just still trying to hurt him as bad as he can, mm-hmm. uh, he just like, I love you, man, I love you, man, I love you, man, and that, ah, uh, I love that. I love him and Sid's kind of shorthand that they have, or they rub their chest when they're, you know, getting too intense and they're getting too, you know, Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. Um, cause again, it's, the show's got such excellent examples of how people can do better, but also these same people, like, you know, that's the, so the, the, that's the, that's the phrase, right? Know better, do better. But sometimes sure. you can know better and still do shit wrong because you get chemically overwhelmed in your body's limbic system and your brain and you <laughs> uh-huh. fuck up and it honestly, it feels the worst when you know better and you don't do better. It feels yeah. real shitty. Um, and you know that's what Carmen. Then like, oh God, Claire's a misfortune. Oh God, the voicemail. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh-huh. the show. The show is like a a, a, a splitting ball to your heart. Every bl- <laughs> every blow. So the devastation yeah. the voicemails and texts did in this last episode is is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Damn. I agree. Uh, yeah, and. It also feels like it's a very realistic portrayal of these people because you look at Richie and you're like, he's such an asshole just an episode ago. How am I going to believe that this guy could have a conversion through a week spent in a kitchen washing forks? And he doesn't, right? Like he, he has a temporary like moment of realization and he needs like to to get his shit together to kind of feel better about himself and then he has another blow up and like i i think the thing that has changed here is he realizes these blow ups suck instead of feeling like i'm right and everybody else is fucking wrong he kind of looks at it and goes i think that that final look that he's giving is sort of him acknowledging yeah that was fucked up and then wrong and this is who i was before and this is not who i want to be now but it's going to be an uphill battle for him and and that's yeah. that's that's nice because like it felt too storybook in those episodes and i kept waiting i'm like Carm. i kept waiting for that other shoe to drop with richie be like i know he can't have this amazing miraculous turnaround and the thing is is like he's the show makes i i think you're supposed to understand because like i'd hate for people to think that this is like um 
you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of show. Because, like, you know, with all these people with working class backgrounds, that'd be the temptation. But, you know, Richie is extremely lucky to have a cousin who can afford to have the connections to give him this life changing mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah, he's and, working at the best restaurant in the world, right? And, For and, a and week. because of the esteem that Carm commands, like any other person mm-hmm. interviewing for that job or position would have been chucked out five seconds before they walked in the door just by the attitude that this guy's dragging into the door. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, that that bought that that bought this enormous amount of forbearance again to be trained at the world's best kitchen or one of one of the world's best kitchens. That's what they're talking about, right? That uh 1711 yeah. or whatever Madison 11 Madison yeah yeah I, uh, I, I mean that, that's the thing right it's not about pulling yourself up by your bootstrap it's about recognizing the opportunities and the the privileges that you do have when yeah. you when you get them when those things come by you have to grab them yeah um and and hopefully like if uh, you've done enough self-work and you've got enough uh, things that you've you've got going in your life that you can take advantage of those things um because that's the thing you know uh and it, it, it seems like that's it all goes back to karm right like richie at the beginning of last year probably with the same opportunity would have failed oh yeah but like oh, yeah. karm's the like conspicuous attempts at self-improvement and showing respect and like i said forbearance um and his ability to just like really I mean, his like, like I said, the 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 way they show this is this his leadership, which is you know the Joel McHale uh, strategy is to just scream at somebody and say you're slow, why are you so slow, why are you so slow, and like they're either going to get faster or they're going to burn out or they're you know like that's mm. the only two choices, right? Carm's like, okay, this person's too slow. Why are they too slow? How can I help them? You know, get better. How can I help them appreciate? Blah blah blah. Um, and he's just like you know, he's. With with the right praise, with a physical gift, you know, we saw it on two occasions this this uh, year with uh, the knife and the uh, the the chef outfit, the chef cl- uh, suit for Sydney. He knows exactly what like is going to inspire people, mm-hmm. um, and yet he's done all that really hard work, and he's beating himself up because a door handle broke, and yeah. he's ready to throw away maybe his life's love because that one failure, and and. I I mean, it's a dramatically right thing that Claire showed up, but I really would like to hear what <laughs> Tina was going to say when she's like, oh, baby, you're being so foolish because he was. Um, yeah, he needs to look if he could see out into that kitchen and see how his team is performing. He right. would recognize the work that he's put in on them has paid off. Um, but what resiliency yeah, you can it. lose. You can lose Josh to barely meth and you uh-huh. can lose. And you can lose Carmi to the freezer uh, at the, you know, at the one of the most stressful times. And Sydney and, and their head chef. Like, right. they're, 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 yeah, she's a head chef. I, I don't know the terms. She's the sous chef, right? The I second thought, in command. I thought Tino was the sous. Doesn't she make her her sous? Is that her sous? Because, like, I don't know. Because there's so. also the, the chef de cocina, which is like the head chef. And I think that's Carm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 I've, I've looked at the Wikipedia article for the French Brigade system <laughs> about seventeen times in the last five days, and I still don't yeah. get it, man. I, I couldn't tell you what a stage is either. I just keep yeah. seeing stage. Yeah. 
uh honestly a lot of the food terms i'm just you know because i like to cook but like i like to cook shepherd's pie and biscuits and gravy and pancakes like this stuff like i <laughs> there's words i've never heard of before um oh yeah but yeah that, that's the thing carmy he he's so he's literally fridged in this episode um and his team steps in and i want him to be out there to see that you know yeah but it's a lot it's it's a, a man it's a great place to end the the season mm-hmm. because it leaves Carmi where like you're right he's not going to see it for himself but he'll know it's to be true and like will he take that as kind of a re, you know like like where does he go from this are we going to have a season where Carmi try I don't think where where Carm tries to go at the ubermensch don't need anybody don't need Claire maniacal focus on my restaurant or is he going to learn a lesson from this and be able to finally have that conversation about why I ducked you because I here's the thing god this show is so fucking brilliant it takes so goddamn long to unpack it like an onion and it's unjust we have to binge it like this even though it's fun (laughs) I think you're supposed to understand that Carm is becoming Donna obviously because Richie calls him out on it Mm-hmm. Um, which is the worst thing a, a child of a person like Donna can be called. But a lot of times it's true, and a lot of times you need to hear that uh, to, 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 to sink a lesson in. But, like, Donna cannot do right by her children, but she loves them enough and is self-aware enough to know that, that she's she's learned from driving a car through her house that she you know that there's there's limits to what she can take and that she doesn't know how to handle herself so she's going to recuse herself from that situation Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's actually a that is an act of self-sacrifice and love because she wants to be there she wants she wants to bask in her pride and her love and her children but she's fucked up and she won't be able to do it so she's just Mm -hmm. going to take herself out of that situation i think that's an act of love and i think that's something that if carm if he's going to if that's the way he's going to be with claire where he's going to not be able to show her the love and affection that she deserves in 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 relationship, then he should step out and not do that. But yeah. I think the show's saying that like what you really should aim to do is get your shit fixed so that you can do both. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you don't need to protect your loved ones from yourself because they don't need protection from you because you're not going to hurt them. You know, um, so. You know, it goes back to like you were talking about like, you know, is it best to be the maniacal genius? Is it best to be the interconnected love person? Like, I think that Coach K monologue at the beginning of this quartet where he talks about, you know, success and failure and how, you know, you got to communicate and the communication is having a a conversation. It's not about seeking blame. It's not about making excuses. It's about just finding a problem and fixing it. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's like, you know, if you think about running that dialogue tree with, like, Claire, you're missing phone calls. I think they're the intimate because you're staying at her house and you don't have great reception at her house. So yeah, switch sure. fucking phone carriers, dude. Mm-hmm. Get For $300, you can get a thing to stick on the outside of her window to boost your fucking signal. You're in the middle mm-hmm. of Chicago. Like... Like that—that this is how fucking ridiculous he's being. Is he's like, I have to throw out Claire because I missed these few calls because I've been. And when it's like, what is the actual problem? Like, if he applied that kind of logic to his kitchen, holy shit. Um, but I, 
Yeah. But I, also I mean, every I, second, every second counts. So maybe if he did apply that, like maybe he is applying that the strategy to his kitchen. Like that does I don't I don't know. Right. Yeah, I'm a little confused on that topic. I, I don't think they did a great job. And and sometimes, you know, that's the price you pay with this show because everything moves fast and there are a lot of like undercurrents running through it and and everything isn't always spelled out exactly. I was confused about why he was missing these calls or if he was actually missing them at all or if he was taking he, he was noticing them and just not taking them because he didn't know the name of the guy who was supposed to do the fridge work. He kept calling him Tony. His name was actually oh. Terry or whatever. I I think what they're well, trying to say to... is that he ignored that that aspect mm. of it. I th- so I'm, I'm thinking certain, what he though. said uh, the Tina in the fridge as like gospel but he says do you know why I'm in here it's because I didn't have cell reception and I missed this guy when he called me and do you know why that happened and I like I said I, I thought they but, made but in a that point same that- conversation he's saying I missed Tony's call I missed Tony's call and she's like it's not Tony it's Terry or whatever it's right yeah so it's I, don't, true. I don't know if they're trying to tell me that like he didn't miss the calls he just didn't have his focus on it mm. we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And now, back with more Bald Move. Well, shit, I might have to watch a couple episodes again. That'd be the worst thing ever. Uh, because, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I, I don't wrong. know. Because, like but, I said, but, I was like, confused e- on it. But even if it's like, um, you know, uh, you, you missed him because you're spending too much time with Claire or whatever. It's like, they're still mm-hmm. like, okay, then, I don't know, bring a notepad with you so you can write down your missed calls or something. I just, like, I just feel like there are, he's so close to greatness. And again, uh, the other thing is, like, no one is going to be perfect all the time. Like, when he you know, as a leader steps forward and is like, hey, I let you down, blah, 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 and I'm never going to let that happen again. She's saying he's being silly mm-hmm. because he is. Like, you know, if if, if they're going to be in years-long relationship, they're going to let each other down many times because they're they're, yeah. they're human, you know? Um, and I thought that was the lesson from that other fancy restaurant, that, like, there's multiple layers. The, the trick of, of if you want perfection, no individual will get it for you, which goes back to the whole group and success dynamic. You have to have 200 people who are mm-hmm. equally obsessed with the mission and probably compensated to reflect that mm-hmm. um, to make sure there's multiple checks. There's like for a fuck up to, ex- to to be experienced by the customer, like seven, eight people probably would have to look the other way. And at an environment like that, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So. But indeed. <laughs> Can I say that they undercut the lesson a little bit when they had because like, you know, they had the kindly chef 
who was the lance corporal or whatever and the in english army i don't know what the fuck they've got over there lieutenants um she's she's peeling mushrooms with richie to give him the and you know she's very kindly and you can tell that's the type of person that karma is and all of a sudden they kind of undercut that message when they're having a staff meeting and they have just an insane person come in and scream about smudges and then look at the guy mm -hmm. who we know has drank the kool-aid and say fuck you benny and like make everybody uncomfortable like why yeah. is that person in the kitchen you know i I don't know. I don't know. I was confused by that too because it doesn't seem like that chef, like oh, Chef Terry. Oh, now there's too many Terrys. I'm, I'm confused. Uh, I chef don't know Terry's why a she... woman peeling the, the uh -huh. mushrooms, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why she would put that guy in charge of her kitchen. Is she her Richie? Or is he her Richie? Like that's her project. Like you know, he's got some rough edges, but he's he's got a good heart. And yeah, I mean, he's a hundred percent committed based on what I saw. Uh, and maybe the smug thing is really like every once in a while you do like there are healthy expressions of anger. You know, like that is a way that us humans can communicate that we're close to a breaking point and let us the other apes know that shit getting real and you got us. So like maybe this 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 smudge situation was at that level. It was at DEFCON five, but uh, yeah, could be. I don't know if the the other thing I was thinking about is Claire um, and what she's meant to be in this story, aside from the thing that Carm feels like he has to give up in order to make his his cooking passion come uh, or realize his cooking passion, I guess. Uh, is she a healthier version of him? Because I, I keep what I keep looking at is how the hell are they spending so much time together that he's got his eye off the ball? If she is an ER nurse working 100 hour shifts with two hours off and he is in the she's middle a resident of creating doctor. a restaurant. Not, not just an ER. She's a, uh, a resident uh -huh. doctor. So yeah, she's she's working as much, if not more, than he is. How are they spending so much time together? And I guess I, I'm looking at her going, is she supposed to be like the healthy example of Carm? Like where she loves what she does. She has a passion for helping people. Um, and yet she's able to also maintain a relationship. I mean, I... What I think is interesting about Claire is are we seeing the Claire that's in the early stages of a relationship with someone that she's had the massive crush on and she's just trying to hide a whole bunch of shit that's right. like under the rug. And so she's really like Carmi or is she one of the ones that like because this happens that, you know, you grow up in neighborhood and some kids got it good. Their parents love them and, you know, they maybe have the most money or whatever, but they uh, encourage them and uh you know, uh, leaned into their interests and supported them. And, you know, she's just got this like big heart and bright eyes and car would probably fuck her up bad. Uh, I don't know which of those Claire's is true because they're both plausible. Right. You mm -hmm. know, and we don't see um, enough. We, we see glimpses. I, that, that party kind of troubled me that mm. they went to because she's talking about, he asks her like, Oh, what's your life been like, you know, and since high school or whatever, She's like, a lot of this, and the this that you see is a lot of, like, 
partying partying and drug use and 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 her friends talking about like robbing places and getting arrested and like shooting off fireworks and like but doesn't that tie into what uncle jimmy said this what episode what what was the parenting advice he gave to natalie i wish i wasn't oh, so afraid mistakes. i wish yeah. i'd let him make mistakes go wild have Which is what fun, i was talking or... about with sydney and her dad yeah let her make some mistakes while she's youngish so so maybe maybe Claire had that type of parent that was, you know, and, and she, you know, I think parents are afraid that when their kids start fucking up, they're going to like slide off the road and the skid row. And it's, but sometimes like kids need to scare themselves a little bit. So they're like, oh, shit, there is something to this buckling down and studying and, mm-hmm. you know, being successful thing. Maybe that's because that's the thing is like this show is so many layers that like reinforce and uh question and interrogate other parts of itself but yeah but like carmy i mean carmy's shit is just below the surface here right like he he's got a lot of baggage and stuff he's dealing with that he's not showing to claire and i wonder if that also is true for her like you said because the glimpses i see of the time she spent since high school looks like there might be something if she did did not come out the other side of that well adjusted and like appreciating what she has and you know mildly scared mm-hmm. she could be carmy just with a veneer on top right because True. like yeah, you said no, the relationship is new that's certainly possible but we don't um, see that and i don't know if she's gonna be back i i assume they're gonna try and bring her back in the next season but i don't know oh i think you have to i mean i guess if she just like fucks off to california and never seen again that that would make sense and that would be because sure. you know that's the other thing I said like when it, it it might be a shame but it's it happens more often than you think that you meet your quote unquote dream person and your sh- your <laughs> your shit's way too fucked up for them you know because <laughs> you're not their dream person because you are needy At least not and yet. you are insecure yeah. and you are selfish and you uh, got you know don't follow through and you don't keep your word and you're a fucking mess so mm-hmm. why would that dream person want you you gotta work on your shit man um, sure. That might be like losing Claire Bear. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, that might be like you know the the thing that that Car- the kick in the pants is that Carm needs to to get his shit together, or just fully retreating to glacial. I don't need anybody, uh, Carm. I mean, but uh, yeah, yeah. God, it's just man the 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 juxtaposition of that conversation. The other thing that's so great about this show is you don't like, like Carm says, you don't know how much she heard, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the juxtaposition of that last conversation and like the tears in her eyes and like, you know, her, how sweet she was to Richie about, you know, thanking him for doing everything for her. And then Carmen, the freezer, listening to that voicemail and just like her saying the sweetest things to him on this opening night. And oh, I don't mm-hmm. know. She seems, I will say at the most, like, I don't know how fucked up she can be because she just seems to be extraordinarily thoughtful. And mm-hmm. they do give us glimpses that Carm is not, is opening up more than I would have suspected. Like, they, he just kind of asserts that, like, oh, yeah, I, I had a panic attack the other night and I was telling Claire about this Christmas time when my mom ran to car through. That's a lot of sharing for oh, yeah. the stage of the relationship there. Now, I know they've known each other forever, but that's showing a lot of vulnerability having a panic attack in front of somebody uh in a new relationship is some fucking scary shit Mm -hmm. you know yeah i wonder how claire reacted to that 
Well, if, if if we got if we're dealing with the Claire who's like kind of put together and reasonable, like there's two ways she could look at. It. One is like, well, I know this guy has got a lot of pain and he's trying, and that's what I like about him. Or like, oh wow, mm-hmm. this guy is fucked up and hates himself so much more than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like if uh, I don't want to make a Ted Lasso reference because it's too soon. It'd be too spoilery. But, you know, um, she liked to walk in on Carm spitting on himself in a mirror. It's like, oh, God, I didn't know. Jesus, I didn't know you hated yourself that much. Like, yeah, uh, he hates himself in that freezer. He really does that. Yeah. Again, that 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 screaming match he had with Richie was Mm -hmm. something else. And man, the way they use the music on this show, like, uh, animal by pearl jam to like amp the intensity of that opening kitchen mm-hmm. was so like such a such a rush and such a thrill um and then they end with the, that rem half half a world away mm-hmm. and it's just killing like it's you know it's not max richter maybe but it's sure. doing a pretty damn good job of of making you just feel like so such bittersweet emotions at the end of the season yeah yeah, man, I keep waiting for Carm to just have a full breakdown, like sobbing, ugly cry. It, but every time he like stuffs it all down, right? He takes a few big breaths, he composes himself, and you can tell that like he's just filling himself with more pressure. And eventually, this has got to break. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like that's kind of how you handle a panic attack: is realize that it'll pass and breathe through it. But like eventually, you have to address the thing that's causing you panic attacks. And like, mm-hmm. there might not be a way to. That's the thing. It's like you know, it, it's yeah. It's like it, when, when it comes to the clear thing, it's like does Carm have the resources internally and externally to overcome the position he's in? Because on the one hand, you've got. Like, you know, I think what he's learning in therapy and some of the self-help and some of the smarter people like Tina and Sid, which are telling you, you know, you got to step back every once in a while and you got to you got to slow down and you got to trust people. And then you got Uncle Jimmy being like, hey, I got 800,000 in this and Mm. uh, the lot appraisal came back none too good. And if you want to be the guy, you got to fucking be the guy and it's all on you and you're not going to look. There's not going to be scapegoats, Carm. Like maximum fucking pressure, big guy, and so you know, Jesus. Um, who do you listen yeah. to? You got eight hundred thousands, eight hundred thousand reasons to listen to the other guy. You know, mm-hmm. for sure. Can I can I put forth a potential smudge on the plate that is the bear? Oh no. Okay. Yeah. I really hate the commercial breaks that just destroy the beauty of some of these like transitions and stuff. Like they really bury him. Sometimes there's a natural fade to black that they can use, but there was a one in the Richie centric episode, episode seven and one in the last episode that just like, I was, I was not watching a TV show. I was experiencing life and then, Oh fuck. I'm in a TV show. Mm -hmm. Can we, can we not get do that just a little better? Could could we not have like the, the stutter step freeze? Like did, did you did you see that as it was happening? Or am uh, I crazy? There have been times I definitely noticed the commercial breaks, but oh. most of the time, no. They're they're pretty good. 
I'm watching this show with no commercials because I, I pay for the Hulu right, premium same. or whatever, and I'm still getting the gr- gross, unartistic cut on such a beautiful show. Yeah. And the show, a lot of the times, isn't designed to handle that because it just wants to move you from one part of the story to the next uh, yeah. seamlessly, but it can't. And it, like I said, the show is like so beautiful. Uh, there were uh-huh. some shots in that 10th episode that was like Wes Andersonian where they clearly had like a dolly uh, a camera on a track and they slid sideways through the kitchen. And every time they slid past those three dudes wearing the butter butterball uniforms, you know, like there's these three chefs are just standing uh-huh. at attention. I guess they're just extra hands waiting um, but they're like perfectly framed in the window and there's like a door like it's every it's very symmetrical and perspective. There's a lot of those shots that just are so composited and yet so full of like uh, action. There's flame in the background and steam and people moving around and yelling and screaming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's and uh, a lot of those Dawn Patrol shots of Richie um, that Chicago montage they hit us with, I think, at the end of episode seven, the Richie episode just. So good. So good. Yeah. I agree. Where do you want to go from here? Because I feel like we've talked thematically about the episodes uh, and the characters mostly. But there are a few things um, that we've been talking about that have kind of come back. Uh, Speaking of literal comebacks, Ibra, he's back. Uh, The old bitch and bad motherfucker conversation is pretty good (laughs) at the drive-thru window. Yeah, we kind of surmised all that, but I I love a good uh-huh. reconciliation that allows yeah. both parties to save face and one to acknowledge their guilt and mm-hmm. the other and take responsibility and the other to give a little bit of deserved I told you so's or ball busting, but like also there's a lot of love and respect. It's mm-hmm. healthy. It's great. Yeah, that was uh, fun. I guess they were trying to sell beef through the drive-through window while they were that doing was the, the plan. remodel. Well, no, they're gonna that the so the 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 let it rip plan when as Carm and Sid um, envisioned it last season was to essentially do a high end small table small floor uh, up front and then do the classic the beef to keep the old clientele out the drive-through window, which also makes it super cool, you know, like. Soto's cool downtown because it's kind of like the speakeasy part of the upstairs Italian restaurant, right? Like mm-hmm. you got you got the beef out the back of the bear. It somehow makes the bear cooler. I guess you, you gotta you gotta serve. That's like running two restaurants out of the same kitchen. That seems doubly hard. Like I know they yes. already have the beef down. They can they can do the beef. Mm-hmm. But also doing the bear at the same time makes things even trickier. It is weird. I don't and like, I wonder if it makes dollars and cents, too. It's a way that you can run like a lunch service, too, because that's the other thing. Maybe they sure. run at lunch and they have like a completely different staff or, you know, and it's it's a low it's it's, it's a way to pump up profit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I, I agree. Everything stand I, at dripping juices down your chest. Exactly. While you're exactly. <laughs> Cheesesteak or whatever. <laughs> Uh, beef. I I like the Jewish lightning callback. Oh my god! Because when at first he started screaming, uh-huh. I'm like, wait, I thought we decided that we were not going to yep. say this anymore. And I'm mean, where is this going? And fact, man, oh Jesus! Speaking of fact, 
I got so much feedback in such a short amount of time about how badly I misjudged the fact attack in the previous episode. I asserted that I thought when fact came up to Carby and said, I did that. He was saying that he had sex with Claire way back in high school. And and I was like, why the hell would Claire have sex with him? And what he was saying, I did that. I put that together because Claire called him to try to get a hold of Carm. And he was taking credit for putting them in that position. So, Fack in no way had sex with Claire Bear. Uh, (laughs) Not that I think that would be a smirch on either of their honor, by the way. Hmm. Um, But, Hmm. but yeah, no, we can can put that. uh, You guys can stop tweeting and emailing me. (laughs) <laughs> but uh uh but yeah i i did i did fuck i did fuck that up gotcha um the middle we i, I talked last episode that the middle uh, episodes weren't as funny you know they're a lot more thoughtful and kind of like um or or searing in the case of six but like these last four episodes i thought were really funny um they had uh oh my god speaking <laughs> like, of fact fat coming up and trying to invite Francie, his sister. I don't know if they've actually gone into the history or whatever, but like Sugar's reaction was like, can Francie fat come to friends and family? No, she can go fuck my love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Richie shouts, I know Gavone's at friends and family. Do you know you do you know like Gavone? No, I don't. Uh, apparently it means a uncouth or slovenly person. Like a, a person with no class. Uh, well, hmm. Okay, I guess Fack is newly minted, not Gavone then, because I would call Fack that. Up. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we, there's something last season, like uh, that his sister got drunk and tried to kiss her husband or something, or was being like there was. I think there was something they've alluded to it, but either way, yeah, it's just did. hilarious that she just has this giant grudge against uh, one of his siblings. The um, other thing that Fact did this episode that really cracked me up was he's trying to fix the electrical, I guess, uh, uh-huh. in one of the light switches or something, and Carm's on the phone with uh, Richie, and Richie's trying to tell him, like, I know you sent me to this place to punish me to make me look like a jagoff with polishing uh-huh. forks and stuff, and Carm's trying to tell him, no, I didn't, but he can't get any words out because Fact keeps shocking himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like such a big idiot he shocks himself he goes back in shocks him goes back in just put it down man uh speaking of jagoffs i love the contrast between richie being like the consummate uh you know maitre d and like checking on everybody and giving everybody respect and dap and whatnot and then he gets to his knuckleheads and he's like listen you jagoffs you fucking go back there what again we'll break you like and then he just mm-hmm. smoothly on the next table oh and how are we doing is the one it's i just thought that was richie being like i don't know an involved pokemon uh with the suit was <laughs> yeah. just just he's really funny. my favorite character man he's he gone kind, from yeah. like this huge asshole to a guy I'm rooting for, he seems like a as good a dad as he can be. He's trying he, in these episodes. He's appreciating yeah, he, what he has and trying to find a purpose. And I, I, I want him to succeed. I really do. Well, let's put it this way: if we're grading just purely on how well you can deal with an ex moving on, he fucking out Ted Lasso's Ted Lasso. Sure, temporarily. Le- I, I don't think it's gonna mustache stick. Mustache fuck in the dust. 
Uh, but no, I, yeah, he, I, I, I really enjoy Richie and, and how much he tries. And the other thing that makes him easy to like is that he's just the, like, I mean, it's a kind of toss up between him and Fack, I guess. But who, who's he's like the funniest guy on the show, mm-hmm. like yeah. intentionally and unintentionally. Um, he he dropped a he dropped a community reference right in the middle of his uh, monologue about uh, customer where he's like, "We're going to be streets ahead tonight." Oh, I thought right. that was really funny. Like, wow, Richie watches Community. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, I would never have thought. Uh, hmm. the whole barely meth. Oh God, that line <laughs> killed me. Uh oh, Fack in in a suit. Um, which I thought he pulled off. I there there that's a that's like a big trend on TikTok and social media. Guys who are like soccer hooligans but are dressed like, you know, they got the tattoos on their hands and face, but they look like uh they're they're dressing up like uh uh Peaky Blinders, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like really dapper to the nth degree and the, he looked really awesome in that suit. And mm-hmm. like I love him giving Carm shit about the screwdrivers. Like I'm front of the house. I don't know where a screwdriver is. And Carm's like, okay, fine. I guess I'll find his. <laughs> oh no, I'm just kidding. He just whips out a screwdriver from his breast pocket. In his suit pocket. What the hell. Yeah, man. Yeah, Fack. Fack is amazing. And t- oh god, is was that brother or cousin Teddy Fack, who immediately uh, was putting the oily Fack moves onto Claire Bear's friend that she brought her plus one. Oh man. Yeah, this is Kelly who at the party had just broken up with her boyfriend and then by the end of the party claire comes out and says i think kelly found a new boyfriend and now you're right she's on to she's on to fact i guess oh no oh wow well you know sometimes you gotta some there's some canonical events you just gotta stand back and let your friends uh go through you know you can't interfere (laughs) with the timeline but she seems to be making a lot of bad choices yeah oh though oh i also love richie turning the napkin that was oh, a nice touch yeah, like yeah. i think that's a really good sign of an eye for talent when you can like develop a test for something intrinsic to the job that like you know because how can you gauge experience or or mm-hmm. temperament suited to the task like i think these are yeah. the exact kind of things like if you want this kind of attention to detail which is another kind of hidden like you know what like what is richie good for he's good for people and attention to detail if you want attention to detail you set up something that you know a person in that ability in that position should instinctively abhor it should drive them crazy can i just fix you know and uh, i thought that was pretty genius yeah this is a good call uh now how do you test for meth you put 400 of those napkins and forks out and watch them just go to task Yes, you, you you have someone out front digging a uh-huh. hole, and if they and, and, and if have they a join spare in. shovel, and if they just join in wordlessly, yeah, then no, then out. yeah, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, I I loved Richie getting this deep dish pizza, um, and delivering mm. it to the table. Like the the fact that he asked if he could be the one to deliver it to the table, and then when he does, he you know turns on his version of classy charm, which is a little classless, right? It's a little which might fit the bear, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, this fancy, like the fanciest restaurant in the world or whatever, probably doesn't fit there exactly. But it's also like this taste of Chicago that I think these people wanted with their deep dish pizza. I I think it was perfect for that moment, and this family really loved it. Uh, But I don't see that working at the high-class restaurant always. (sighs) 
Well, his approach, right? His approach was yeah. in, but I think he turned it up because they were Chicago natives. So like doing that, like, well, they were, they were in town and they were like, well, I hate to leave before we get to try. Oh, a you're, right, dish. you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But I guess they would find I think that he's charming. giving him a taste of Chicago. Yeah. Th- that's exactly what I was trying yeah. to get. Like, it was like, yeah, you wouldn't do that to everybody, but that is exactly what they were wanting. Right. They wanted to, yeah. they want a story to go back to New York and be like, I tried the deep dish pizza and yeah. And yep. it was this this scruffy looking dude that looked like he rolled out of bed, was poured into his suit, brought it out. Uh, this show is so fucking awful that I thought that there was a there there's there. I was watching that scene with my you know fingers over my eyes because I was scared to death. Richie was going to drop that fucking plate. Me too. Yeah. When he did that thing, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. Richie, you're being extra. Oh God! You're, someone's going to wear this pizza. Oh no! And and he didn't. He didn't. The show nope, spared he me. It. <laughs> and, and I I needed every moment of him succeeding in that restaurant to believe that he could succeed in the bear. And, and yeah. watching over people's shoulders and being fascinated by it, you know, uh, when he's watching over, I don't know who this woman who's like running the the scheduling of all of this stuff in the kitchen. Um, when he's watching over her shoulder, he's fascinated by yeah. her system and the logistics of it. And I don't know how that ties into him being a people person, but he kind of nailed that at the end of this too, where they're like, well, we got five minutes or we're fucked. And Richie steps in and takes over Sid's job and nails it. You know, Richie might be one of those dudes. There's a lot of like Gen Xers and probably early boomers like this. It just had undiagnosed ADD his entire fucking life. Uh-huh. But when you put him in a stressful situation where the adrenaline flows, he can like fucking zero in like nobody else. Like the, that mm-hmm. might be his superpower. Like if he ever discovers Ritalin, oh my god, he's gonna fucking yeah. discover cold fusion. But uh, I, I think yeah, yeah, he's like he's he's good at the uh, and and that's another good thing about Karm being such a great leader is identifying your people's strengths and play to that and shore up their weaknesses. You know. Yeah, I wonder how this changes Richie's relationship with the restaurant and Sid's relationship with the restaurant because she fell on her face, just straight out failed, right? Uh, What she was worried about. And Richie steps in and makes it happen. I mean, I think he's good in the front of the house. You kind of want him leading that team, but also he seems to be the best at that job too. Hmm. At least on this night. And I do wonder if Sid's going to, you know, get her shit a little more together. Get get the nerves out of her system. Well, I, think that's I mean, like the number also, one thing she lost her. two. He, she lost the, the main chef and her uh, a, a whole under chef. Like she was failing, but like, oh, my God, that's not going to be an average sure. night either. No, but it yeah. didn't stop Richie. I mean, Richie steps in and. But I also, also think Richie happen. fixed some problems like that. Just turning the podium around. Yes. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. As soon as they did, mm. I'm like, oh, my God, of course. Why wouldn't you be looking at the people that you're trying to talk to and issue orders for? And Yeah, and see you know, the state like, of your kitchen with a glance. It's like, Exactly. It's such an intuitive thing. Uh, but they, they got a couple things they got to fix because Carm missed a couple calls. Uh-huh. Um, uh, speaking of things looking up for Richie, his counterpart at uh, the Chicago, high-end Chicago joint, I think fancies him. Garrett? Did you get that? 
Uh, no, no, no. The lady that was work the the lady was working the board, the you know the table. Oh yes, absolutely. She says like, "Don't be a stranger" or whatever. Like, yeah. And she all, and and before she did that, she she almost turned around, I think, to like say mm-hmm. some, you know, because she was yeah. hoping he would or something. Yeah, exactly. And he's so focused in, he just didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this is well. I was gonna say rebound. That's not exactly what I mean. This is his potential new tiff i guess right mm, yeah yeah another a chance to chance to uh, move on himself you know does that bode well in an episode where karm fucks up because he was spending so much time with claire are they trying to put those two things together and say either hey this is a bad idea uh or richie can do better well see here's the the good thing about these types of jobs are unless you're at the executive chef level like Carmen Sydney, when you're done, you get to go home and mm-hmm. you don't have to fucking think about like the restaurant's closed. There's not going to be a server that's on fire. So like, I think that most people that are not like Carm and Natalie and Sid can probably go home and have normal lives. You know, mm-hmm. they just work there. They don't have the ownership stuff. So like, I, I no, I, I don't unless, unless he, because because you're you, you're onto something about how to change the relationship to the bear. If he sees more of like an ownership thing and takes more responsibility, or I, they're also doing stuff with him and Uncle, uh, God, who's the Jimmy? All yeah, Uncle Jimmy. Where like you know this 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 these whole season long, he's been after Jimmy to kind of help him, give him a leg up, and like the flashbacks and the current, and like mm-hmm. he really impressed Jimmy this episode. Yeah, that that surprise that he gave him was extremely yeah. thoughtful this is like, for people who didn't recognize it i think this is the banana the chocolate covered banana from the stand that him and his dad used to go to uh, that they talked about in the christmas episode five five years ago right yeah 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 so, um i knew it was, it, i i couldn't i didn't know exactly where it came from but i surmised that it's some detail that he knew about his uncle that nobody else would yeah um Huh. The, the, I, the thing that scares me about so I, I'm saying like, is is, is oh, they're okay. gonna as uh, I, I was leading to like do you think Uncle Jimmy will poach Richie next season? Well, maybe if the bear closes because they can't can't fill the seats, they got a no week's worth way. of I'm, full I, that, house. That, the, then... the more interesting is like Carm is like doing gangbusters and they have to replace Richie, who's now become a vital cog because. I don't know. Is that a fun? That's not a fun storyline. Could be. I don't know. The thing that worries me about Richie is like you see him succeeding in this role and how great it could be at the bear, but then he has the blow up with his cousin, and it's like, That's God, the is that the thing you just over. need to get out of the orbit of? Do you just need to like? You guys can be friends, and you can like see each other on the weekends or whenever the hell Carm isn't doing his thing, but like you cannot work together because it's just too volatile. Because nah, Richie would be I awesome think. over at that other restaurant. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like as a guy who's dealt with uh, some of these family issues and has got a, a a good amount of inherited and learned anger myself, I think um, there's always going to be a point where you're overwhelmed and you just lose all your coping strategies and the fucking uh, lizard brain takes over. Uh, as as someone that's struggling with those problems, the only thing you can do is you can get better coping strategies and you can always increase the capacity, how much heat you can take before the reactor overloads. So I think him and like, you know, like this is a uniquely stressful time. 
Um, but like that's what they're always going to revert to when when their coping systems and the yes chefs and the chest rubs fail. They're going to go to what they've seen since they were infants, which is mm-hmm. people screaming and reaching for the most devastating weapons in our arsenal to hurl at the other so that they can fucking lay each other low and then get that out of their system and then show love and 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 reconciliation. Um, but I, yeah, I. I I don't I don't I don't think they're yeah I don't think they're doomed uh yeah I just wonder what's going through Richie's head because at the end of the episode they're just kind of showing him sitting staring off into space right and what what of this latest experience has he taken away the most recent thing that happened is he had to blow up with Carm and they both told each other how much they hate each other and and tried to hurt each other so like right is that what he's thinking about or is he thinking hmm this service went well tonight and I did a hell of a job. I wonder if I have an actual role here. I wonder if this is my purpose. Probably a little bit of both. Um, or is he thinking about I kept Tiff? On... Like the the you know the <laughs> the spell that he cast on himself is wearing off a little, and now with the quiet time, he has to deal with that emotion. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of two steps forward, three steps back kind of situations. Um, yeah, but, or maybe uh, it's all of the above. You know, he probably just feels like shit because he knows. Because that's the thing. He knows he could do better. Yeah, he he was Who a part said something, of that. Somebody said, uh, "No, God, I'm I'm taking a Star Trek thing." Um, but like, because <laughs> okay. uh, I, I, I've, I've watched a bunch of TV in the last twenty four hours. Uh-huh. But um, you know, being able to like the the skill of like backing off is pretty. Um, because he's seen like you know like what his uncle uh, what Uncle Bob Odenkirk did to Michael where he just kept picking on him picking on him, picking on him until it explodes and I think mm-hmm. like you he's aware in some level if he doesn't have the that he's kind of owns some of that because Carm's literally locked in a closet clearly had a bad situation with Claire and he's gonna come banging like what'd you say to that girl what'd you say to that girl you fucking it up you fucking up you and you know mm-hmm. of course Carmy is going to like respond that way because he's under all the stress he's locked in a fucking freezer you know like. He knows what Claire means to him. It's it's yeah. So he's probably feeling pretty bad about his role and that he played. Because like yeah, I've had blow ups with relatives like this, where like I was trying to do the peacemaker and they fucking wouldn't have it, and then I found to my surprise, fifteen seconds into it, oh now I'm returning to shit. And like even though I wasn't in the wrong, and I you know, but I always feel so fucking bad because god damn it, I let the reactor blow up and i said a whole bunch of shit i'm gonna have to apologize for and I, it's 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 like you, you it's just it's yeah. it's all bad all around you know yeah i don't know everybody's got some thinking to do at the end of this episode yeah yeah they really in and, and what mark so marcus had a bad episode man he makes a clumsy yeah. pass a clear clumsy pass at sydney um, which I don't even think that she would be completely reject out of hand, but then he tries to cover. No. Then he tries to make this Sydney's problem by reading in a whole bunch of shit. That's just Sydney freaking out because it's opening night. <laughs> yeah. She's under a huge stress. And, ah, uh, I, I, they, Marcus, one of my favorite characters. He's, uh, like one of the hearts of the show, but he's, he's, uh, I'm, he's one of the characters I'm most worried about mm-hmm. because here he throws himself into a situation um, and he kind of fucked things up with Sydney. Um, and then I think his mom's having a medically significant event. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise and, me if she's like actively dying. 
And what is he going to think? Is he going to associate all this new success with the fact that he failed and he wasn't there for his mom? He kept his vigil yeah. for four and a half years. And then he steps out and you know, takes Sydney's advice and let trust people. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is what Carm does with Claire, only probably, you know, like much more potentially emotionally devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I'm... <laughs> I'm, but on the other hand, I if, if he's got the people around him can convince him like, hey, it's not your fault, and now your mom's at peace and she's not any pain anymore, and he could, could be unleashed next season. Yeah, I love that how they use that every second counts sign mm. it, for d- different meanings for different people. It like Richie relates to it in a very different way than I think Marcus should in this moment. Like that they. they they show all these messages and they show that sign and I'm like, well, he doesn't have very many seconds left with his mother. That's exactly what I thought. And I'm just like, oh, that's so fucking devastating. Where in Richie's world, it's this, it's it's this encouragement, right? Like, uh-huh. yeah, you might be older now, but every second counts. So use the ones you got to make something happen. And like, I just love how how brilliantly they they track that every second counts idea through these episodes. I guess why the show's so fucking brilliant, man. They it works on so many levels, and it it's it's the show kind of comes at you in waves, and it feels so good when you catch those waves, and you're like, ah, I see what this thing's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I'm feel really like... worried about Mark. It's such a bad idea to you just it just boy. I know it happens all the time, especially in the restaurant industry. But it's just a, it just seems like it's such a colossally bad idea to date. If you're the pastry chef to date the sous chef of a restaurant yeah, yeah. and this kind of like, cause like if you break up, what it's like, mm-hmm. it's one of those loser leaves town kind of WWE <laughs> matches, right? Like you can't, I I, yeah. I think exceptionally healthy, well-adjusted, confident people could probably pull that off, but that's not the cast. I did not describe any person in the bear. So nope, definitely not. Uh, let's say somebody who I, I don't know. He's a bit of a goober, but maybe he is most of those things you just mentioned. Pete, Nat's husband. Uh, I want to talk about him next. Devastated in this episode, and I'm. I he's devastating himself, right? Because he's not. He's not responsible for what's happening here. No, but he makes himself feel responsible by saying, by giving you know the mom uh, Donna permission to leave. And then coming in and not being able to tell anybody that she was there because he doesn't want to hurt her further. Uh-huh. And it's fucking devastating. And this guy is at the table crying and, and he's trying to pass it off. as like, oh, it's so beautiful what you guys are doing here tonight. And Nat thinks he's just having this outpouring of positive emotion when he's really like dying inside. And he's such a chad for not just smoothing it over, but also, like, I, I don't know that it's appropriate in all situations to do this, to, like, gas your partner up about the terrible parent. But, uh-huh. you know, her starting to kind of get down on, like, what this means and at all and him be like, you know, this is just a lot. And for someone with your mom, you know, like, uh, how, how like to help her kind of understand that because I, I, it is healthy. It's like most even if you have a terrible person a terrible mom and dad or terrible mom or dad like the at the very you know like at the very bottom level there's love there right and Mm -hmm. for him to help her appreciate that you know you're it's not that your mom's not loves you but just that she's just she does what she can you know 
and she couldn't do this. Like, I thought that was just such a... <sighs> yeah. I don't know, man. He's a hell of a guy. He's a, he's a and, really and... great representation representation of positive... Positive? What the fuck is positive. wrong with me? He's, he's as good a representation of positive masculinity as I am a bad representation for vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> he's just great. He's great. The one of the shames of it too is that he's put in this position by Nat because he assumed, and maybe Nat even told him this, that she had told her mother that she was pregnant and they were going to have a child. And when he goes out there and he mentions like, "Oh, but the baby," and like, we we don't have much time to hang out before the baby's going to suck it all up, right? And, and she's like, "Baby," yeah. he's like, "Oh no." And so now he's like, well, I can't back. This, it's yeah. an even bigger scene, right? Because now there's that yeah. baggage that you bring yeah. in. Oh, your daughter didn't didn't feel the need to tell you about this monumental event in their lives. It's yeah, man. So she's put him kind of in this situation and then he has to come back in and d- just not let on what's going on here. And man, it's crushing. Yeah, it. um I, and I got to say, like, I really like Natalie this season. I'm glad she's a bigger part of the cast. Um, mm-hmm. She's been funny. She's been sharp. Uh, but her inviting their mother to this event without running it by Carm or anyone is just terrible. It's mm-hmm. the worst. Like, I, it made me so angry when she pulled that. Uh, and I'm like I said, uh, I said on Twitter, it was an act of terrorism. And I I, I, I paused the, my first watch to tweet that out because I like I don't know how that I'm just so fucking mad I didn't know what to do I was just about to smash my head against the freezer door, um, <laughs> and the and I was kept on waiting and then when she showed up on the sidewalk outside I'm like fuck it's gonna happen and to my surprise the the, the, the larger the 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 larger terrorist called off the hit uh, I. I just can't, oh, man. I understand. I understand why kids do it. And there's, there's what she's like in her late twenties, early thirties. Mm, I couldn't tell you really. Probably. I think. Um, it, I understand why kids in this position keep doing this, and because like you know, like like they they said that she's she's expecting a miracle. You know, she's expecting like this awesome event that is worth show being loved and respected for is going to make my parent finally finally love me the way I want to be loved. And this is never going to happen. But like, God damn it. Uh, She just, she's just not at that point where she's made that realization yet. Um, Yeah. Cause I don't know. I don't, I don't know if uh, uh, it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see like, could Donna improve if she like buckled down and got therapy and went on some medications and, uh, could like maybe live yeah. the sweet old grandma phase of her life out in peace. Like I kind of, am I, I kind of rooting for Donna too? Cause honestly, sure. This level yeah. of self in this, this level of introspection as a parent is like, I think is something you could build off of. Like sure. I'm not yeah. well, but I'm well enough to know that I'm not well enough to do this and I will only mm-hmm. make things terrible and backfire. Um, yeah, but man, she doesn't see, she doesn't really see, that is the problem though the, well the way she describes it is i don't deserve to see how good this thing is it's it's an idea yeah, of like self-hatred not love for her children shame. that she needs to back off it's more like yep. 
it's more destructive than that it's it's what runs in karm right like that's the thing that that richie's pointing out later you're beating yourself up you're self-sabotaging just like mom does or your mom does yep it's 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 exactly what it is that self-hatred leads to self-harm it leads to self-destruction mm-hmm. um self-sabotage it's it's uh there's nothing almost nothing good comes out of shame um, <laughs> yeah it really is the, the 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 most toxic toxic emotion we have um not saying you need to jettison all shame and never feel it because it's also a i do horrible i think acts. you should like 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 guilt you can you can you can feel guilt and take accountability but shame is like you didn't do a bad thing you are a bad thing and like yeah like hmm. definitely guilt that you you can do bad things you can be a good person do bad things and a good person when they do bad things tries to fix it right but like yeah shame she's just i don't deserve yeah i don't deserve uh, to have a family like this and that's like that's that's so it's 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 hell for donna because honestly she'd probably be happy if her kids were miserable because she could relate to them better you know if they were <laughs> okay. like failures and lived in right and like there's some kind of element <laughs> of like uh you know i deserve the seven fishes family and i'm driving a car through i don't deserve this family's got this glorious restaurant that everyone's happy and they're toasted right. down like how did i how how did i get um Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like I said it is it is fucked up but I think that's a lot of the mentality you're seeing there yeah like they did this despite me not because of my help that kind of thing yeah and just it's just another thing that intensifies the shame that like I should be a better person because look how good my kids are you know mm. we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. 
Check out support.ballnew.com for more info. And now, back with more Bald Move. I want Sydney to make me an omelet. All right. I, I, look, I'll, I'll take a miss on the chips. Really? Yeah. So, future I, I was, three star I was Michelin her. chef Sydney gives you an omelet and throws some crumpled uh, sour cream and chives chips on it, and you're like, uh, "I'd like to make a substitution, chef." She could be future meth yard burnout Sydney for all we know. <laughs> There's no guarantees here with the Michelin stars. Uh, it's the ridges. She lost me at the ridges. Fuck ridges. Those are designed to tear up your mouth. That's it. Well, they're already pre-broken. Oh my God! You're gonna yeah, get thrown out of this place trying to make still some ridges on Jesus. those things. Jesus, flatten them. We'll Jesus. talk. You're embarrassing me at this restaurant, Jim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else do we have to talk about? Um, one other joke. Speaking of burnouts in the meth yard, uh, it, there was a really funny joke there where they like Sid and Marcus, I think, are talking about what they do about this guy, and they're like. Well, we have to fire him, right? Um, <laughs> they said something like, "Well, he he's really good. He, he says the meth makes him good, and we did see how he kept those carrots back there because <laughs> he was a machine <laughs> on the carrots. He really was. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yes, chef. Like weighing the pros yeah, and cons there's... of d- ditching the guy in the middle of service when he can cut like a maniac. Uh huh. Uh huh. Their prep's done. They don't need him. Get him out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, gosh, I'm, oh, I guess the other thing that I want to, to, to see is like, um, or I want to say is, uh, I, when I was going up through, cause you know, I got into business and I got into programming and then I kind of got shuffled off into like a management track and they start sending you all to these, like, you know, these business meetings and these seminars and leadership things and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you always study places like the three star Michelin, you know, and they're like, Oh, how mm-hmm. can you make your customers feel welcome? And like, Oh, you scout out their social media and you find out what they're like and you overhear the conversations and you communicate silently without a word and you do all this and, uh, everyone wears suits and, uh, there's Matt and, and it's all about, uh, you know, the, the, the customer's pleasure and you're not a, like, and they want to bring that shit to Walmart or a gas yeah. station or something. And like, I think there's a unique place in hell for people that want to get that, that want to make their employees feel like they're failures because they can't provide a three star Michelin experience at a fucking Circle K. Yeah, because like I'm Making not eleven per- bucks an hour. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not provided intelligence by my bosses. I'm not surrounded by a culture of of, of spare no expense to delight. It's a ruthless mm-hmm. fucking race to the bot. And like it, I see that so many times. There's so many ha- like 90 percent of all consultants are essentially doing that, you know, finding a company mm-hmm. that's successful and telling other companies that are struggling that they should copy them on a fraction of the fucking budget with a fraction yeah. of the resources. Um, man, because like when I was seeing them go through and like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid and explaining why the Kool-Aid, all I could hear is like all these different seminars where like even when I was 27 years old, I'm like, there's no fucking way this is going to work because, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the shit, you know, I'm, we're not a we're not a restaurant charging five hundred dollars a plate, man. 
where that's an outfit thing, yeah. that charges five bucks for a pack of cigarettes. What are you trying? What are you trying to yeah, sell? Our here? loss leaders are toilet paper. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So that's that's how that's how uh, cashiers at Walmart get called associates. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can't do any of the shit that actually makes people feel valuable and and empowers them. Yeah, like to to tell you that like oh your only mission is to uh, delight the customer, but you don't empower them to do that. Yeah. Oh, it's so terrible. And uh, I imagine because man, every time I ever because I don't go to out, eat at fancy places like this, I go out to eat at like uh, you know fast food and 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 uh, Applebee's and things like that. And those places are hurting right now, man. Mm-hmm. Those places are not being ran like they want to delight the customer or do anything. Nope. It's exactly the opposite. Um, maybe I've I should. Off maybe a I should love places now because uh, of I've, how poor the service is. I. I I my finances are such that I could eat out more regularly now. I most often choose not to just because like I can make a better meal for mm-hmm. faster staying here at home. Um yeah, and when you do eat out, don't don't go to the shitty places that won't pay anybody to actually give you decent service. Go to the nicer places just less yeah, frequently. Yeah, maybe less frequent. Yeah, that's I was just getting to that point. It's like I think I'm just going to like stop, take all the money I'm saving on going out to these shit places and and spend it on like those high school teachers that save up to go to the nice place mm-hmm. and get uh, the get the the free deep dish, right? <laughs> If you, oh, by the dish. way, if you're listening at home and you're thinking, aha, I want to take my working class ass to the best restaurant in town and they're going to look on social media and they're going to caught my whole <laughs> fucking visit. Do not do not go there at that expectation. If it happens, yeah. bully for you. But please, please do not do not sign up for a fifteen hundred dollar experience you can't afford thinking that they do that because <laughs> like that's also bullshit. How often does that happen? I have no idea comp the whole meal because this, uh, these these teachers uh, spent saved their whole life to go there man mm-hmm. um, I got one other question for you yeah and I think I know well I do know the answer the answer is because it's a TV show and they needed it to be that way why don't they pry this fucking freezer open why doesn't fat get in there with his screwdriver his crowbar something just get it in there and fucking yank this thing open. Get Carm out of that fridge. They need his ass on the floor. I'm I'm not sure why. Maybe the like walk-in vaults need to be secured because they have literally thousands of dollars of frozen like wagyu meat or whatever. Um, because I was thinking the same thing. Like you need a like you really need a a sawzall in five minutes to get through that latch mechanism, <laughs> right? Like you're holding off the cops in a in a bank vault, yeah. But maybe maybe it is like a security thing because like if it was like something you could do like a bike lock, uh, your meth smoking sous chefs would rob you blind when you fire him. I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah, but uh, but only I mean, the chef the has least, the key. Like get a crowbar, right? Like you got yeah. cars outside with tire irons and shit. You can bust this thing open. You don't yeah. have to wait to call the guy with the sawzall. Do I want to make? Uh, is there any way to respectfully say, respectfully that I was not expected to be served the kind of cake I got when Claire walked into the kitchen wearing Carm's T-shirt? Oh, oh. good lord! <laughs> okay, good lord, Hulu. My God! Did Claire walk into the bear naked? What? Just about you're talking about his his home kitchen. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that was that was uh, the other unexpected delight 
Um, I because I, I'm I don't know about some of this frou frou food. I'm sure a lot of it tastes good, but like I've not gone from rolling my eyes to like I want that faster than that high hibiscus cloud. Oh, melting into the that was so fucking cool. I don't know what it tastes like, but it looked like the future. It looked like something Guinan (laughs) would slap down to cheer up Counselor Troy Mm -hmm. after bad break. I don't know about the smoke. That seemed a little much, but that was fucking cool, man. Yeah, they ought to put some uh, dry ice or something right in the center of that cloud. So that when the cloud disappears, some smoke comes up out of it. That'd be pretty sweet. And then a miniature firework. I wonder, yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's some there's some pastry guy in San Francisco working right now on the first explosive cannoli. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like a Roman Roman cannoli. <laughs> he's he's concentrating pop rocks. He's yeah. yeah he's reducing pop rocks over high heat. Uh, yeah, he's gonna kill someone, but it'll be worth I'll- it. I also really love the way they reframed episode six as Carm's meditation while he was having a panic attack on his kitchen floor like 10 days before the restaurant opened. That was pretty slick. Like, cr- like it happened chronological. Because he comes in at the episode seven. Is this when they seven, do the Richie stuff and they're like... They, well, they he's go explaining off why he the cannoli. He's like, you know, he explains like the whole thing is like, you know, last night I was having a panic attack and telling Claire about this Christmas where and they the the last shot is of him staring at the cannolis with the fork. And I thought that was a really oh yeah, I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, so this like, is all it, just like his panic attack. I think so. I mean, it's obviously it's hmm. it's a self contained story, but the way they yeah, framed yeah, yeah. it as if it was like, yeah, we just like zooped inside Carmi's skull for an entire episode uh, just cool. to see his inspiration for the I, the Michael. Yeah, I love when they do that. Um, when he's stuck in that fridge and he's freaking out and he's thinking about like all the things that have led up to this, all the failures in his life, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing that in this episode, but he in particular is doing this. And they're juxtaposing it with the calm, uh, tranquil state in the dining room. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine. He's mm-hmm. making it all up to be something in his head that it is not. And I really love just the juxtaposition of the imagery there telling us that story. Yeah, I really, because it's interesting that when they're doing the, the leak down test on the fire suppression system. Yeah, that was another time. That that ten seconds they had a montage of like there's mm-hmm. entire life, not the not just the bad, but the good and everything that led up to them, and like you know that was like a triumph. And then uh, Carmen is back there spiraling. But I thought that thing where he was in the in the fridge locked up that was such a great depiction of what it feels like when your inner critic is really f- getting at you, like you're just mm-hmm. replaying every person who's screamed at you or made you feel bad or every failure you've had in your life and how this is all just like, this is now a piece and this is the shape of your, like, oh man, it, it, it just really captures the feeling of what it's like to spiral that way. I think. Yeah. Um, and that, that compression test is another cool one. Like you mentioned, because in that they're doing it as like, is this worth it? Mm -hmm. It all comes down to this. Look at everything we've been through to get to this point and everything you've sacrificed and all the fuck-ups and and people you've pissed off and times you've had to eat shit, and then it all comes down to this one test. We either have a restaurant or we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this show's really good like that. All right, so I feel like I have smoked a few bowls of almost meth. I'm pretty strung out. This has been a real experience. 
let's look ahead to season three, assuming they get renewed for season three, which oh my god i oh this this would this kind of feels like if we didn't get a third season of the leftovers if we don't get at least a third season of the fair fourth season uh, of the but, expanse yeah yeah uh assuming we do what are you looking forward to any predictions i'm looking forward to the bear being open i i don't know where because like the high stakes thing here is can we get this restaurant made in time for the opening and I guess the high stakes thing next season would be can we pay off our debt to Uncle Jimmy or is he going to take the bear and shut it down right because like they're not quite open yet uh, our prediction about like where they were going with this season came true yeah they're although they substituted a friends and family night for the street festival which I thought they're going for right right um, but next season they will be open and where does attention come from there is it a particularly high profile guest is it you're right uh, because if the restaurant just runs smoothly and they're able to concentrate on all their their personal uh and relational issues then that's yeah, a show where's, where's the but pressure it's not cooker? nearly as entertaining as it's been yeah that's yeah, not the bear like, right that's just a show right what is the what is the thing that um i mean yeah, i, I wonder if paying it's, that debt the economics right that the interest uh-huh. rates are going to swell and they're going to have to make more money than they thought possible so they're going to have to and they you know, make like they're doing everything right Richie. and they're crushing it but they're still failing because because the, the finding the, yeah, yeah the 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 um yeah uh the the yeah interest rates and inflation mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff hmm yeah, and all these other restaurants closing. And they kind of make that point with Richie and Nat. And Nat's like, okay, how are we looking with bookings? And it's like, well, we're full next week. She's like, how about the week after that? Not so nah. No, nobody on the wait list, none of that stuff. So I, I assume that will be the big tension next Isn't season. Isn't that weird that I kind of thought that was unrealistic, that you wouldn't be booked at six to eight? Because just... This guy is, you're supposed to think that he's a famous, like if you're a foodie, you've heard of this guy. Three-star Michelin restaurant in New York. He's coming mm-hmm. to take over the mom and pop shop of his brother who committed suicide. And he closed it down to reopen it as an upscale fusion Italian beef restaurant. And and yeah. and, and the culinary nerds in Chicago see that and like, meh, meh, I'll wait. I'll wait to see what people say. That seems mm. very like if anything, I think the bear could be a like like you know six eight like two three months book solid and then they are shit and then people stop going. But it just seems like they should sure. have a hell of a lot more cachet than what they got. Yeah, no, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, like, Carmi's like they're they're telling the story that Carmi is this fictional big swinging dick in the culinary. Like he can call chefs all around the world, getting people mentored, getting mm-hmm. people like he's got these connections. And we had a there was a celebrity chef at his uh, friends and family opening, and he can't book a week out. Yeah, that know, seems man. that seems weird. But that yeah, that's I guess that would be the tension that just you know, because um, like you know who are you mad at? You uh, you're working with all your friends and family. Uh, and what compromises might they have to make in the restaurant in order to fill it? You know, can they serve this upscale dining in this kind of uh, financial climate? 
Or do they need to be... try and scale it down? Are there pressures from Jimmy to scale it down, get more beef out the window, you know, <laughs> all that well, stuff? Or, or if, well, or if there's pressure to just, like, make the beef go away, like, you can't... Or that, you know, like, yeah. like, this window's killing us, like, let's just... And then I got to... How will they what, feel you, about that with its history Ibrigo. with Mikey and... Right, yeah. right. Because um, that's, that's got to be the maximum goodwill. It's like, hey, we're not taking away the beef. The beef's going to be better than ever. It's just going to be a walk-up window, and we're having mm-hmm. this new thing. But, like, you close that down... But yeah, honestly, the stuff I'm really it's like I I recognize they need to add to a fire into the pressure cooker to make the pressure cooker work. But I yeah. could care less. I don't give a shit about the bear. <laughs> I want to see if Carm can figure things out with Claire or learn enough for Claire 2.0. I hmm. want to see how Marcus uh, navigates this fucking minefield he made for himself with Sid. I want to see, you know, if Tina can continue to like blossom in her new commanding chef role. Uh, I want to see if Richie can continue to like uh, be a good dad and uh, be present um, uh, for his front of the house stuff. I want to see if uh, Fat continues to be awesome. Uh, if see Natalie if gets can, her stars, see if Sydney gets her stars. See if Natalie can like set some boundaries between her and her mom going both ways because that shit needs to stop. Um, oh, yeah. that's the tension that they've still got to wring out of the stuff they set up is Sydney is not getting paid uh, and she's living with her dad and she put in so much work on this place Mm -hmm. I feel like she has the potential to feel like she's owed something or for things to get hard for her in a way that she can't deal with yeah and I wonder if Carm's the type that's like I don't feel appreciated because and he's like, well, I gave you my knife or I gave you, you know, like he thinks he's doing these big fit showy things and they'll just do it for the passion. Right. Especially right. if the money, because like, the other thing is the restaurant's it. not making money. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we'll how see. do you keep Sydney if you're not making enough money to pay her? Like you're making it, but yeah. Oof, wow. Carm just needs to marry Claire and live off her uh, uh, her doctor. She, he just needs to be a kept chef. And right. then he can go with that salary. Sydney can get paid. That's the bear season mm-hmm. three. Okay, sure. <laughs> Claire's now the new the new financier of the bear. Yeah. Uh, okay, I like those. I like those. Fact uh, can go into male modeling because apparently his style is in right now. Hell yeah. Fat could absolutely open up uh get ready with me TikTok uh <laughs> with today's <laughs> latest fit. That'd get expensive to be in a clothes horse like that. Here's my True. scent. I'm gonna underlay uh Well Carm's got the jeans. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, HVAC grease and I'm gonna under give a give a whiff of acrid electrical sparks. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and I'll be putting on my wing tips and suspenders. I'd like to see it. Uh, all right, that's the bear. Uh, feels it feels unjust to only give this three podcasts worth of coverage, um, yeah. but yet uh, that's the that's the modern Hulu economy that we're found ourselves in. Uh, but uh, we got a lot of stuff coming down the old Prestige Pike. Guess what? We got Justified City Primeval. Uh, Justified, one of my favorite shows of all time. It's season two remains probably top five seasons of television I've ever watched. Got to see whether uh, Raylan can navigate uh, the streets of Detroit as well as he does his hometowns of Harlan. Um, that's going to be dominating the prestige feed in the weeks ahead. 
uh, starting in the middle of July. But we got a couple of fun prestige movies coming out in between there, too. So stay tuned to Bald Move Prestige. Thanks for listening to our coverage of The Bear. Hope you join us for season three. Hey, also tell a friend about this show, man. This show, uh, I think, is getting to critical buzz. Uh, I don't know about like the number of people watching it. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think this is just so fucking entertaining and so relatable. This is to me, this is like, uh, and I've seen people make direct comparisons to be this in succession in the terms of like, you know, the personal betrayals and whatnot and the, the, the blow ups. But like, I would much rather watch line cooks go through that than people with trust funds. Right. Like we can all oh, come yeah. together. This is the populist. This is the populist, uh, succession. So yeah, spread the word. It's not multi-billionaires like. yeah not overdogs who wants to root for uh-huh. overdogs uh not to rip a old succession wound open but let's let's all get on board with the bear now bear down let her rip we'll see you in season three <laughs>